You're listening to the 515 Podcast, led by Pastor John Wayne McMahon with Kingwood United Methodist Church in Kingwood, Texas. Thanks for downloading. Hello and welcome to episode 86 of the 515 Podcast. Jason Priestmer here with John Wayne McMahon. John Wayne, I'm not even going to address that. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good. I'm worn out. It's been a long... Long day. Long day. Same here. Long day of meetings, lots of going on. Yeah, stressful day at work. Stressful day at work. You know what? We're back where we started. We're on Tuesday. It's it's yeah. approximately. It's going to be five fifteen before we're done with this. Yeah. I think. But but we're kind first of time like, we recorded on a Tuesday in a while. It is. It's been it's been a while. But we've had a lot of different uh, changes with schedules and yeah. and small groups shifting around. You know, mine was on a Monday. Yours was on a another day. I don't know when it was. And now you know we're moving around, so it's causing us to move this schedule around. Yep. So it's fun to be back here on a Tuesday and right. and not immediately have to get up and run out the door for a different thing afterwards. So yeah, um, let's talk about the Kingwood United sermon series. I believe we're wrapping that. We just wrapped it up. This is it. We're so, done. That's good. So you want to hear about it? I want to hear. Just what recap the whole thing. Recap the whole thing. <laughs> <All right. laughs> How much time do you have? <laughs> How much time do we have? All right. So um, generally, if you if you haven't been with us, this series was particularly for, and you've probably been listening on the five fifteen. But what what's the big umbrella of KUMC? What what holds us together? What unites us? Mm-hmm. And it was actually a beautiful thing. I think I shared more at the beginning of this series. It came out of a, a pastoral retreat, and we were just talking about things that God has put on our heart. Um, up emphasis of prayer and things that we wanted to see KUMC grow into and towards, and so uh, this series is born out of that. What is it? What unites us and, and what brings us together? And so a couple, some of those things. One, a house of prayer. It's like the second week we talked about yeah. what it, what does it look like to be a place where God speaks and God's people respond. House of prayer. What does it look like to to be a place that gathers and takes our gathering seriously in corporate worship and fellowship and communion? And then another week, what does it look like to not just create missions for the sake of missions, but actually to see our identity as people joining God on mission? Mm-hmm. It is God's mission at work in the world, and we're invited to be a part of it. And then uh, the following week, we talked about um, what does it look like to be a Methodist? Why is it important to be a Methodist? Last Sunday in worship, uh, the Sunday before last, was covenant relationships. We didn't have a 515 episode about mm-hmm, that. Right. Um, I was out of town, and Clint preached on... <coughs> oh, goodness. <coughs> Excuse me. Clint, uh, Clint preached on covenant and what it looks like to be in a covenant relationship. Um, and then this past week, we closed it up with deep discipleship. I would suspect it's probably not surprising that we closed in that way um, because it's one of the big emphasis that we have. But, yeah, there, there it is. I mean, if you think about all the diversity of worship spaces, of ministries, of things that we're a part of, of all of that, what unites us, I think these are a pretty good number of things. It doesn't mean it has to be everything's wrapped into these, but these are yeah. pretty pretty good swing at it. I like that. Would each you one, say so? Absolutely. I like how, you know, each one kind of shows just a different, that's nice, a Sorry. different facet. We just got sound effects today, <laughs> don't we? Uh, we? Yeah, we really need some WD-40 for that, for that chair. Um, each one of these aspects is like a different facet, you know, of, of our church. Mm. And can, I'm going to throw you a curveball. Can, can you talk to maybe some areas where 
we're acting now. Now that we've talked about each one of these in a in a sermon series, yeah. you know, can you talk about how now we're going to respond to that? I, I'm thinking I'll give you one of the answers I'm looking for. You know, we're talking about a house of prayer, yeah, and how you know how King would. Are, are we changing how we, you know? I like how you gave for, me the answer. Do I do that for you? You never do that for uh, me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so this year has been an emphasis of prayer. Okay. So um, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff is that all of our legislative, all, all of our all of our um, elected committees that are SPR and finance and trustees and all mm-hmm. of that, and then some of the other lay leadership that's in, in, in different places, we really, like, put encouragement into their hands about how do they help lead this movement of prayer and come alongside what God's doing with the the pastoral staff. And so if there's no agenda items um, set up for, say, Board of Stewards, SPR or something, Mm -hmm. they're not going to cancel the meeting like they might have in the past. They're going to get together to pray for the church and, and pray for the ministries of the church. Um, I think that's huge. I think that's really important. In Vine Worship, we're in the process of a, of, of building a prayer team. Mm-hmm. Um, that prayer team will be in worship each week to be intercessors, to pray for people as they come forward for communion. Uh, if someone would like to receive prayer or to pray with somebody, those people are, are being trained and, mm-hmm. and walking alongside each other, learning what it looks like to, to be a part of healing prayer and things like that. And so. There's some really cool things that are going on in different ways uh, f- for our church. Um, we're, we celebrated some immersion baptisms last week. Talk about covenant yeah, relationships cool. and mm-hmm. um, all those things. So yeah, some really cool, cool areas that we see this playing out. Some areas we want to grow into and lean into, mm-hmm. but some areas that KMC is already doing that. Chris. Harrison has uh, recently become kind of our missions director, so mm-hmm. to speak. And so he's helping the missions committee to rethink missions. How do we join God in what he's doing rather than just trying to create work of our own and yeah. asking God to join that? Uh, I think that's a, a really cool radical shift. That's good. So yeah. I think that's really uh, should be inspiring to folks, you know, Hope so. look for different, look for new ways of growth and, and change coming forward. So let's touch back on discipleship since that we were just, we were just talking about that, right? Yeah. Last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> again, every I'm, week I'm work. I'm working in in the booth, and I just I'm sorry I don't have time to listen to your service. Yeah, you live know, anymore. This doesn't really work uh, <laughs> when when the uh, host this is not thought out. <laughs> the host doesn't care to listen to my sermons anymore. I do care. I care to. <laughs> I just don't always get to. Or I I'll, wish we podcasted them or posted them somewhere. Isn't there a video that you could watch somewhere? <laughs> Yes, yes. I'm just I'm nodding over here so I don't start crying. Oh, um, so <laughs> it's all right. So I'll let's pray for you. Please, thank you. Uh, let's talk about um, discipleship. You know, how does that fit into yeah. Kingwood United Methodist Church? Now, you know we've we've talked about that, and and um, how does how does I guess how does I'm I'm reading notes from your sermons. Yeah. I didn't actually hear this. <laughs> yeah. How did Paul Paul had something to say about this, right? Yeah, so Paul okay. talked to Timothy about it. We preached on Second Timothy uh, chapter one this week as we looked at a charge uh, Paul is basically charging Timothy, he and not that sounded in a different way. He's he's um uh, commissioning mm-hmm. Timothy, he's sending him out. He's charging him for this new ministry that he has, and so that's taking place in in these letters that Paul writes and giving him instruction about what that looks like and reminding him where his strength comes from. And 
it's a really interesting text as he preaches to him about reminds him of the good news that we have in Jesus Christ the that um, in Christ uh, the Son of God we we find life and immortality and um, to talk about uh, fanning the flame uh, of the gift of the Spirit that is that is with us and the Spirit that holds the deposit that's been given to us he's giving all of these encouragements to Timothy to help Timothy in his journey to proclaim the good news of the gospel to other people. And so that's kind of the instruction. And we saw discipleship in that lens this week Mm -hmm. as we looked at this text, because really that's what it is for us too, is to to go on a deep journey of striving, of working, of moving, of pressing into what God has for us. And so that played out in, in a few different points in this text. The first one is, is the obvious one, but one that Paul thought was important to say to Timothy, and that's, that was that Jesus saves. It starts with Jesus. Mm-hmm. It begins with this truth that he says in chapter nine, uh, chapter 1, verses 9 through 10. He saved us and he called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given in us, Christ Jesus, before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed to us in the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through, God, through the gospel. The reason why I think this is so important is not because it's Christianity 101, I said this Sunday, mm-hmm. but it's because it's Christianity the entire course. Okay? <laughs> this is yeah. everything. This is the foundation for discipleship. It begins because through the life of Christ or through the grace available in Christ that is revealed in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Messiah, that is the beginning of a lifelong dedication of discipleship to him. Um, and so that is the place that Paul starts with Timothy. The second one, does that make sense? Yes. Pretty good one, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it is. Uh, second one is a holy life. And so in that very text, he says, he saved us. Jesus has called us to a holy life. Why? Well, for his purpose and grace, the scripture says, and this is so important to me, um, as we think about general conference, as we think about denominational issues, but even as we think about what what it means to be Wesleyan, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, we are called to a holy life, meaning we are called to be set apart, that we are to be different than the world that is around mm-hmm. us. And for Wesley, that movement was best expressed as submitting to the Lordship of Christ with our entire lives. The work is accomplished by him, but it's only accomplished in obedience to him. For Wesley, this was about purity of heart and simplicity of focus as we give all of ourselves focused on him Mm -hmm. and focused on the ones that God has entrusted us to love. And so holy life is really important. I talked about obedience and Dietrich Bonhoeffer and some different ways there, but I won't get into that. The third thing is dependent on the Holy Spirit. We've talked about this in other episodes, but the Holy Spirit does the work of this. The Holy Spirit is the one who uh, brings us from timidity and gives us a place of power, of strength, of love for other people, and of self-discipline. I will say just a word about self-discipline because we live in a world... Oh, man, that is so lacking in self-discipline. <laughs> man, really? Like, friends, if there's any challenge I can give you this week, have a little discipline about the way that you talk to people and about people and about um, how we try to be right about everything and how our first goal in any r- conversation is proving that we're smarter <laughs> or, or right about some issue or topic. Yeah. Um, that's a place I said this again and I'll say it again Sunday I mean I'll say it again now that that's a place of weakness for your first move to always prove that you're right Mm -hmm. 
Um, that's not strength. That's weakness. It's actually a place of strength to not have to worry about being right all the time yeah. in certain issues, especially in ones that doesn't make a difference. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking back to times when I've <laughs> like decided how how am I going to win this conversation? Yeah. You know, and <laughs> that's uh, think about. I mean, think about your marriage. I mean, I'm not like I, in mine. It's important for me. All right, in the times that we've argued well. Oh, let me start what? here. In, in the times that we've argued really not well, yeah. it's been because when Lauren's telling me how she feels about something, I'm immediately thinking about my response yeah. and how to prove wrong or justify some reason or mm-hmm. something like that rather than hearing her and listening. Yeah. When we've argued well, we've heard each other, we've listened, and we've responded not just to try and be right, but based on the emotions of the person trying to reconcile those things. That's the difference. It's a place of strength to listen to other people and not need to be right about everything. I can see how that that, that would apply to my work. Mm -hmm. I can see how that would apply to uh, any number of issues that we're kind of facing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, if if both sides of of a discussion had that same kind of perspective. Yeah. That... How, how much it, how much different would yeah. our interactions be? Yeah, you and you get you get like a, a social um, credibility with people mm-hmm. and not arguing with them all the time, right? You get <laughs> yeah. invited into places that you wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. Anyway, so that's really important. The Spirit does that for us. The Spirit, as we position ourselves in in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit allows us to be disciplined because he, the Holy Spirit gives us a sh- assurance of who we are. That our identity is not wrapped up in being the smartest person in the room, but our identity is wrapped up in God mm-hmm. and in the love of God that has been given to us unconditionally, even when we didn't deserve it. Yeah. And so, when that is the driver, um, then that changes things a little bit. The uh, fourth thing I talked about was deep discipleship. <coughs> Sorry for the coughing, y'all. Deep discipleship, according to Paul for Timothy, was a family affair. So there's this cool verse right before. That says, uh, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, Timothy, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. What a cool thing that Eunice and Lois get a shout out, and we're still (laughs) reading about these ladies, these cool chicks who like poured out everything to support Timothy mm-hmm. and uh, love him well and bring him up in the faith when culture around them probably uh, didn't respect them for their faith. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm imagining reasons why there's not men listed in this is probably because um, it's probably because they were of different faith or a different idea or they thought Lois and Eunice were stupid. And Lois and Eunice stood up uh, for what they believed and poured into Timothy. Um, and they get uh, a little shout out here. But yeah. but what they sowed in Timothy uh, reaped huge harvest in what Timothy did for the early church and the way that he poured in others. It's uh, and, and I said all that to say um, moms and dads that are listening – uh, you will be the biggest impact on your children's lives when it comes to their faith in Jesus Christ. Um, some uh, I just read an interesting article today that a lot of the statistics are saying that young people are leaving the church in droves. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's not completely true that the people that are really active in um, Bible-heavy evangelical churches, those children... 
um, they have a, a high percentage of staying involved in the church, okay. um, yeah. at least into early adulthood, and if not completely, then coming back when they start a family later mm-hmm. on. And so um, for those of you that are doing that hard work, I know it's never a guarantee and we never know what's going to happen, but the way that you love and support your child and teach them uh, the ways that God pours into our life and live holy lives before your children. And Mm -hmm. what does that look like? Loving your spouse well and sacrificially, loving the world around you well and sacrificially, making church a priority and making your faith a priority, prayer and reading scripture and those things in, in the house. Um, those are really important, and for all of uh, everyone, uh, maybe you're um, maybe you're single, and uh, that we don't talk about it often enough. But that's a there's a really high standard for people that are that are in singleness and celibate. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul talks about get married if you're weak, basically. <laughs> wow. Did you know that? Like no. if you can't handle it, wow. Paul's like, go ahead and get married. For all you others that want to pour yourself. A hundred percent into uh, ministry, into joining God and what He's doing in the world. Uh, God bless you. And so, um, if that's you, then who's your Timothy or who's your Paul? Um, who is pouring into you, and who are you pouring into? Yeah. And so, that's a great model. It's we 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 are family. Uh, when we are joined in Christ, we are family with those that are in Christ, and so that's a great opportunity uh, for all of those. The last thing is suffering. Okay. Deep discipleship includes suffering deep discipleship carries with it an experience of suffering and i thought this was pretty perplexing to me but as i looked into it it made sense see paul and timothy uh, or paul talking to timothy juxtaposes suffering to shame which are two things that shouldn't really be paired together Mm. even as opposites right aren't aren't those kind of weird pairings don't be shameful, but suffer. Like, isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. in, in, if I was thinking of opposite of suffer, I wouldn't think of, of shame, shame or an yeah. alternative of suffer. I wouldn't think of shame. Um, so I think what Paul is saying here is a little bit different. But but what one of the things that I want us to hear is that parts of our faith um, are confrontational to those that are around us. And we can feel shame about what we believe or we can choose suffering, but suffering in a way of confidence and mm. joy and knowing that we're standing up for our convictions and what we believe um, and not the kind of suffering where, oh, woe is me, yeah. I'm suffering because people aren't listening to me or whatever, but a steady um, submission to what God wants us to do in the world, knowing that at different points we may lose friends and family members over this. Uh, we may we may make others feel uncomfortable um, and that was a challenging word for me this week. You know, a couple weeks ago you asked me, you know, what it, when you hear this, what do you think about that? Or what is your, your, your natural reaction to that? And I, I remember um, thinking, well, how do other, like, non-believers or, or non, you know, very mm-hmm. hard, hardcore devoted Christians, when they hear that word, what do they think? Yeah. So I'm going to apply that same kind of feeling to the word suffering. Right. Um, how... How can I explain suffering to someone who thinks that you know, when they hear the word suffering, they're like, why would you want to suffer? I thought it would be a good thing to be a disciple yeah, yeah, of Christ. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Why would you want to suffer? Yeah. Can you kind of help me clarify that a little bit? Or what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, um, we, so uh, one of our listeners, a couple of our listeners were asking me on this question. And they were thinking about suffering because we know that we're sinful and broken or suffering okay. because... Mm-hmm. 
uh, we fall short or whatever. And, and I actually think we got to be really specific about what Paul might be talking about here. And so as we look about, if we look at the context, and Jason, if I get lost on this rabbit trail, remind me of your question a little bit. Okay. Because I think I'm going to get there, but, but let me know if I don't. If we look at this context, Paul is telling Timothy, who is charged to go and preach the gospel, that he should, instead of choosing shame, should choose suffering. Mm-hmm. I think the suffering that's being pointed to here is a very specific thing, not a general idea of suffering, of, of oh, I'm Christian, so I experienced this, or this was bad, and blah, 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 all of these things. But what is it in preaching the good news that could lead to shame, but Paul tells Timothy to choose suffering? Well, I think it is specifically, as I share my faith with others, I will be rejected. Mm -hmm. People will turn away from me, or they will call me stupid, or they will say this belief in a crucified Messiah is a silly belief, which is a first century real issue that some of the Romans and some of the early Jewish, um, uh, not converts, but some of the early Jewish people to come over to the Christian faith or to experience Christ, that was one of the hang-ups. How could God die in Jesus? And how am I supposed to give my life to someone who was killed? That that's a new radical thing mm-hmm. for a plural, a pluralistic world of these great gods that couldn't die in that way. Yeah. Um, and so, or why would I give myself fully to that to a god that did die in that way? And so, rather than being ashamed of it, then suffer for it. Yeah. Okay. Accept that burden mm-hmm. and keep on going. Jesus says, as you go into the village and no one will receive you, then du- take shake the dust off your feet and go mm-hmm. on to the next village. Like keep pressing. Keep Sunday. yeah. Keep <laughs> pressing on. Yeah. That's and good. So, so I think that that's really important for us. So now translate it to apply it to our our circumstance. There are times in which I will skirt around the truth in order to not offend someone. Yeah. And sure. so I choose shame in that moment, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I choose to be ashamed because it's it's too sharp of a thing to say to someone. Now, this doesn't mean that we swing the other way and we just be blunt and awful. Like <laughs> right. there's a pastoral way to share the good news. There's a contextual way to share the good news. But anytime I start to water down the message of Jesus Christ and how Jesus has transformed me and desires to transform the world in order to to not rub someone the wrong way that's probably what paul's getting out of here mm, that makes a lot of sense does that make sense i do i get that and then if sure. someone says well i'm just not suffering right now then i wonder if maybe we're not doing what it is that would take us to suffer and that's why i said this line again if we are unwilling to suffer then our safe little lives will mostly point to ourselves mm-hmm. that's true i think if we're really safe if we kind of just go about life in ways that we earn everything, that we build a successful career, um, that we have a nice little family, then people will look at um, you. The people look at at John Wayne and and Lauren and go, they were they were good parents mm-hmm. and they did well in this area and they um, they tried hard and all of these things. However, if we live a life that that is stepping out of that comfort zone, that is even willing to walk through suffering as we witness to our family. As we witness to those that are that are lost and those that are turned away, though we may be rejected in some, we will also point people to God and beyond ourselves as we live into those areas. And and I, you made me think about the uh, parable of the seeds, you know, and and both what what you just said and also what you said about um, parents, you know, raising their children yeah. in, in in faith and in the Bible. 
and it's like you know are you are you planting your seeds in the soil or are you just cast right. them right there on the on the pavement on the road you know <laughs> yeah and um yeah definitely you know the the work you do now yeah will come back yeah it's important and you'll see it yeah. absolutely i like that amen um so you you told me this one's on you i get to pick whether or not we talk about the subject yeah and uh, are you choosing yes? I decided no twice, but I'm back. Okay. <laughs> back right. um, so last week um, we did not record an episode. Yeah, uh, just because a lot of timing and different things. You had some. You had some travel. Yep, I was in St. Louis. You were in St. Louis at the uh, general conference, right, right, for the United Methodist Church. Mm-hmm. Um, can you, get, however high level you want to go, okay. right now, talk about um, what the point of that was. Were you guys successful, and where do we go from here? You know, or, or where does what, what happens next? Good. Hold me to those questions as I start to explain okay, this a little bit. Okay. So, um, so uh, the 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 body of the denomination, the United Methodist Church, that rules and makes decisions on church law, which is it, to us called the Book of Discipline. We mm-hmm. have a book, um, and it is what is passed every four years. Okay. Right? So a lot of it's just upheld and carried on. Yeah. And, We've had different parts that have been amended and things like that. Um, parts of it are held in different ways, just like the uh, the different parts of our, our U.S. government, our Constitution, mm-hmm. articles. All, all, all of that stuff is held in different different ways. Um, some of it's more authoritative than others. Some of it, like one part is our social principles. They're supposed to be really important for us, but it like it doesn't lay down church law, like do this, don't do this, uh, all the time. Yeah. Um, so okay. so there's different different parts of our Book of Discipline. Um, but anyways, every four years they get together. Well, for the last decade, several decades really, mm-hmm. they've been there has been arguments about um, same-sex marriage and ordination of LGBTQ persons, and that is consistently ramped up in different ways. Um, until 2016, it really came crashing down. Okay. Uh, was very heated, and and it looked like it would that one issue would close down the 10-day. Portland conference in order, and they wouldn't be able to get anything done. Mm-hmm. And so they decided to shut that conversation down, elect a commission that would help spend two years together working on ways forward. It was called the Way Forward Commission, okay. their commission on the way forward. And they would spend time coming up with the plans. So long story short, these plans uh, come through to the bishops and uh, make it to – well, th- when they when they closed everything down and elected the commission, they made a special called conference. Okay. Historic for there to be a special conference in between the four years. Mm-hmm. And so 2019 in St. Louis was what was selected. The same delegates from 2016 would come back to St. Louis and only talk about one issue. One issue, that's what and they would And okay. they would deal with this, yeah. and they would work through plans. Um, what happened when they got there is that uh, do you, well. Let me just quickly go through what happened uh, at the, at the conference. So at the conference, what happens is 864 world delegates come together. So delegates from America and delegates from around the world, Africa. Africans have a huge constituency. They have mm-hmm. a growing church, and so by population, those delegates are chosen and, and brought there. And this body votes on these plans uh, to decide what goes through. Now, long story short, um, it's largely a conservative 
block of people mm -hmm. because of the representations from around the world, including Africa. Yeah. Um, when it comes to same-sex marriage and ordination of LGBTQ persons, they are very conservative biblically about a biblical authoritative stance mm -hmm. on this. And the votes were going to head towards the more conservative plan, which was the traditional plan. Um, a lot happened around here, but but trying to give you the elevator speech. Yeah, for sure. That's where the votes were. Mm -hmm. And so that's what got put forward. Now, a lot happened in the middle of that and stalling out conference and slowing things down. And they didn't get through all of the work that they needed to. But uh, per the human sexuality conversation, the traditional plan gets through and parts of it will fail our constitution or the constitutionality check of the judicial council. Right. Okay. Yeah. Our, our Supreme Court is going to find <laughs> yeah. parts of this, which we already know mm -hmm. we're not going to pass and meet our constitution. And that could be anything. That could be like specific wording that yeah, is specific wording contradictory yeah, or contradict something else in right, our law right okay you can't con i mean same thing as our u.s government yeah, you can't absolutely. bring in law that now contradicts other mm -hmm. things it's got to be able to line up with state power and things like that same thing annual conference we can't invade annual conference power or episcopal power mm -hmm. uh, and so like for example there was one amendment that would hold try and hold uh, bishops accountable for breaking church law, mm -hmm. well, there's there's other there's other parts of our discipline that doesn't allow that, and so it would be contradictory, and that's uh, going to be yes. ruled unconstitutional. Okay. So all that to say, if everything was unconstitutional, which it won't be, there will mm -hmm. be parts that will pass. Um, we would still be upholding our current stance on same-sex marriage and ordination standards mm -hmm. in the United Methodist Church. Now, no matter what side you're on, the traditional conservative side is going to look at that and go, okay, we didn't, we didn't go towards the, the um, progressive side that takes away from biblical authority. This, right. is, this is good um, in, in that terms. The progressive side is heartbroken and devastated because they feel like um, the church has taken a cruel stance on people mm -hmm. and, and turned their backs on, on people that, that feel called to ordination and stuff like that. So even if you're on a traditional side, though, we saw serious d division and pain um, that, that's really a problem at the denominational level. Yeah. So where are we going? What does this mean for the denomination? For the denomination, uh, I have no idea. <laughs> but things don't wow. look great, yeah. right? And so um, I think that there will be some gathering of leaders. I think that I think cooler heads will start to prevail. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that the next general conference in 2020 is going to like have cooler heads there. Yeah. But in the in-between, I think there will be some work to decide, are we really finally, mm -hmm. there will be some work to say, are we really different churches here? Yeah. Should we, should we split? Should we go in different directions? Are there, are there beginnings of, of other other um, movements that already exist and, and things like that. So those conversations will take place. What does that mean for KUMC? Well, actually, it really doesn't mean um, structurally or denominationally anything for us right now, mm -hmm. that um, nothing changes for our polity, that we will continue to uphold the discipline stance on mm -hmm. what's going on. We are going to uphold church law and what was put through 
Um, we are going to continue to express uh, the open table of communion, our belief that all are welcome, all are invited to experience the grace of, of Jesus, the redemption of our Lord that is available here. Um, and, and just right now, particularly right now, having some open and honest conversations about what does that look like and how do we love and support LGBTQ persons? Um, what's our what's our biblical calling? Mm-hmm. Um and how how uh, how have we done them injustice and harmed them yeah. um, unknowingly or knowingly? Uh, and how can we uh, reconcile that or get better as we move forward about um, witnessing and sharing the good news of, of Jesus Christ? Yeah. So uh, we're working through that. That's gonna that's gonna look differently in different ways as we go forward. I think one of the and I'm a layperson, so what I say is just based off of my very little knowledge about anything. But I just think a lot of the examples that we've been seeing over this entire sermon series, talking about John Wesley's mm-hmm. uh, different means of grace, um, really just speak to me that yeah. the, of the ways that uh, Jesus has shown us how to love. Yeah. And, you know, we're just going to keep keep doing that. Yeah. And we'll work this other stuff. This will pass, you know. Yeah, I think the good news is for KUMC, um, and my my opinion would be on either side of this debate, I think it's good news that what the progressive arm of the church wanted did not pass. Mm -hmm. And I mean that in conversation with brothers of mine that are clergy um, um, that support a progressive view on Mm -hmm. same-sex marriage. They would even agree that the one church plan was a terrible idea yeah. because it takes what happens at the denominational level and it almost forces all the local churches to have this fight. Mm-hmm. And that would have done way more harm, way more harm than good at KUMC and, and in other places. And so, um, anyways, I'm, I'm thankful for, for that and I'm thankful that we don't have to. I'm thankful to be serving in a church and with a staff and a pastoral staff that um, sees the big picture, that are willing to to be uh, to seek humility um, and to to seek out those that have been harmed in this, mm-hmm. but also uh, to help lead us towards a place of not raising one issue over everything else yeah. and pressing in to, to what unites us and what God's doing around us. I like that. I think we can do that, and yeah. we are doing that. Very good. All right, so we have one more sticky, icky piece <laughs> of conversation to talk about. So um, as we're recording this, tomorrow is Ash Wednesday. Yes. Right? So we're entering yeah. into land. You're fast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I didn't even think where you are going. Oh, you're spoiler. Yeah. Um, no, I was going to say, Jeremy, yeah. that um, when we started this podcast, it was right after Easter, a couple yeah, years ago. Mm-hmm. This was a reaction to... Almost two years almost ago. Almost two yeah. years ago. We were, this is a reaction to the um, the ending of the 515 service, which was on Saturday night, and mm-hmm. we had just amazing group, a small but powerful group of people who yeah. wanted to go deeper and answer questions and delve into the yeah. sermon series that we were we were going through. And it started right at the end of... Right at, at, East, at the end of Easter. Yeah. So here we are two years, almost two years later. Yeah. Um... And we're entering another season, I believe, right. for uh, where this this podcast uh, has come from, and now where it's going. Yeah, it's a new it's a new season for both of us, and 
What, what we realize is that there are parts of this podcast, let, let's just be honest, there are parts of, of this podcast that um, we didn't have the time or the capacity to, to pour into in the ways that we wanted to. Mm-hmm. There are parts of both of our lives, but also the way that we serve KUMC that have become overwhelmed yeah, for sure. um, recently. And so uh, we've decided to take a break from this so that um, as Jason, I don't, I don't know if our listeners know, but Jason has helped really build up our AV ministry and helped us to build from scratch a streaming system for mm-hmm. Vine Worship. And so um, he's been serving every Sunday since like August, uh, and that's all Sunday morning. And and um, and then just a lot of other projects and things with discipleship and home groups that have taken off um, under my responsibility mm-hmm. that, that have spread us kind of thin. And so we don't want to give you a half-done um, experience or product and— uh, and we also want to be wary that if we stretch ourselves too thin, then in the long run, we become really unhealthy. Yeah. And so um, as, as as someone who loves you well, Jason, I mean, I love you a lot, and I don't want to see you get uh, worn out. I, I'm being reticent of myself. Mm-hmm. And so we realized it was a time to, to pause, maybe not in this completely forever, yeah. um, but but to give a, take a break. Um, one that's not determined how long that will be. Yeah. Um, but we'll see what happens and we'll reassess as we get down the road. I think that Lent analogy is perfect. Uh, this is yeah, yeah. This is a yeah, complete accident. A really long fasting of Lent is what we're doing. <laughs> Jason, what's been your favorite part of the podcast? Um, I'm going to speak selfishly for a moment. I mean, um, I know a lot of people uh, don't get a chance to get on a personal relationship with their pastor mm. um and i've been fortunate enough for the past two years <laughs> to to get a weekly one and whether when, you like it or not yeah it's been uh, <laughs> it's been a mixed bag <laughs> as the, the beginning of this episode was, but, but uh it's just really um it's it's been transformational for me to to kind of to to get to work with you to know you uh better to we've joined uh, we're in a small group today currently yeah um you know, we'll see how long that lasts, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, it's just been really, um, it's been, it's, it's helped me. And like I've talked about in the past where my grandfather was a, a Methodist minister. Yeah. So I've grown up around ministers my whole life, but, uh, I, you're the first one that I've really kind of seen as a person and a friend. <laughs> well, that's cool. <laughs> and, like that. and not just, uh, the guy that stands up at the altar for an hour every Sunday. Yeah. Uh, uh, let me get home before the Texans kick off. So yeah, um, I, I would say that that's that's what I'm going to take away from this for sure. Man, I can't, I can't outdo that. Uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> I, that that means the world to me, Jason. I appreciate that. I appreciate all that you do. Um, this is uh, this is I, I get paid, fortunately, to do this stuff, and you give your you time. You can pay for this. Yeah. What? Well. What? Yeah, I have a sponsor. Did you know how to tell you about that for the podcast? Uh, but all, all that you give is on volunteer time. And so I'm just thankful for, for you and, and for your family. I think my favorite part of it, in addition to getting to know you well, is, um, I mean, this helps me grow too to process this. This helps me as a yeah. teacher and to think things out. And I hope that the listeners don't see uh, myself or us as experts but as co-laborers in the work and just trying to figure this out as we go. And so 
man guys those of you listening we've we've dreaded this moment like we've been talking about it for several weeks and we've intentionally not talked about it because not even to each other (laughs) yeah not even to each other until this very we had one more check mark on our uh, on our agenda today and that's it take that off click that off there so let me say to the listener thank you for being faithful and um uh, to this podcast, but also being faithful to, to Jesus, yeah. of course, but but listening and following along and interacting. Um, we love to hear your thoughts, uh, especially during a, a time period as we reassess what this podcast me- means to people. We don't desire to do this just for ourselves, though uh, we enjoy it, but mm-hmm. we can spend some good time together for sure. without a <laughs> microphone, yeah. and I not have to worry about saying some boneheaded thing that goes out into the masses, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but we want to do something that's, that's for the kingdom and that helps people moving forward, and so as we reassess during the season, I still encourage you to reach out to us. Um, send us an email or a Facebook post. You can email podcasts at kingwoodumc.org mm-hmm. still. Yeah. Or you can email me at john.mcmahon at kingwoodumc.org. Um, or send us Facebook messages. We're really easy to find on Facebook. Absolutely. And we'll take that into account. Maybe even suggestions or improvements or things that you want to see. All that's fair game. Yeah. Um, but we do want to consider that as we move forward. We hope to interact with you midweek so that you could be encouraged in your walk, and, and I pray that that's been constructive and, and good for you. Amen to that. Any last words? I mean, I wish I'd, I'd really kind of um, gave everything I got. <laughs> wish right. I'd saved a little bit for the for the closing, but I never do. So yeah. I'll just say, you know, definitely thank you for all the times you've downloaded and listened and given us feedback because yeah. uh, that's made it all worthwhile. Worthwhile, that's right. All right, love you guys, and we'll talk to you later. Take care.